Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fine evening? Dan, I'm doing great. How about yourself, my friend? I'm excellent. And I'm even happier to know that tomorrow you're going to Paris. Is that correct? Is that it correct? Is. It is. After an extraordinary few months and last week's podcast, which actually ended up being a therapy session for me. So thanks for that. Appreciate yeah. it. So tonight we are talking about juggling. Is this the circus is in town? What's going on with this, Ken? The circus is in town. As a matter of fact, it's here at my house. But uh, we're talking about multitasking tonight. It's uh, a topic that I think is pretty interesting and one that I used to think was um, something that was important and essential for getting stuff done. And I've, I've shifted my opinion on that over the years. And multitasking used to mean trying to do a bunch of different things at the same time. And the analogy was always made to a computer. It's like, well, a computer multitasks, and we're basically human computers, so we should multitask too. And yet a computer doesn't multitask. A computer does single tasks in incredibly, uh, with incredibly quick speed and moves to a different task and does it. So it actually focuses on a singular item before it moves to the next thing. And I think for us mere mortals, we've actually tried to like split our mind and be doing something while we're doing something else. And the classic example is, especially after this past year and still somewhat currently, with all of the video calls going on and you hear the clickety clack of the keyboard and you know the person on the other line is writing an email to somebody else while they're listening to you and they're just multitasking right and and the fact is that that kind of multitasking where you're actually trying to do two or more activities simultaneously is utterly ineffective and it actually degrades your performance and it eats up more brain energy than doing the tasks separately if you add up the total time taken and the amount of energy expended well for those of you who don't know I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and we have part of our induction, which is uh, inducing the theta brainwave state known as hypnosis to get you into this relaxed state of mind and body. One of the ways that you do this is to actually overwhelm the brain. And the way that you overwhelm a brain is by putting in so many data points for you to multitask and try to focus on at the same time. So the term we use for this induction or deepener is called the seven plus or minus two. So we just, I go through a list of items to have you imagine or focus on by you overwhelming the nervous system. We bypass the conscious mind and enter the subconscious mind. Now, why is this relevant to multitasking? It's because when you have a lot of things on your plate all at once, we actually tend to go bypass the conscious mind and we go to the things that are unconscious competence, those automatic, those pattern responses that live 
in the subconscious mind. That's where they're all stored. So the question is, do you really want to put things on your plate? And if you do, um, should you be focused on the things that you can do without thought? So there's a common thing of, can you do more than one thing at the same time? I think that's what Ken was bringing up when he was saying uh, that the old theory of multitasking and the new theory of multitasking. And I think currently what everyone understands is, is just task switching. So you're basically just, I focus on that and then I focus on that. But what I give this analogy all the time, and I know this to be true, is that if I'm doing hypnosis with you and you're listening to my voice, um, at some point, your subconscious mind takes over the listening to my voice part and your subconscious mind can imagine. And so you're actually doing two things at the same time. Your conscious mind is doing one thing and your subconscious mind is doing something else. And the, the thing that we can all relate to with this is driving and talking on the phone. So for those of you, which is probably many of you have Bluetooth in your car and you can be in a phone conversation and you're driving somewhere you've driven before, your subconscious mind doesn't have to think about the direction it's going. It doesn't have to think about noticing stop signs and stoplights and cars and brakes and all that kind of stuff. It just pushes pedals and steers. That's all happening in the subconscious mind. While your conscious mind can be listening to the voice of the other person, you can be going back and forth and you can actually be picturing or imagining like what you're going to say and what this person's talking about. They could be talking about a trip to Paris. So your conscious mind can be focused on this trip to Paris and the descriptive way this is being talked about while your subconscious mind can perform the automatic function of driving the car to the destination you've been before. How does this relate back to multitasking? It's simply this. At first, if you have more than one thing you're trying to do at the same time, be aware if one of those things is an automatic thing for you. And if it's not, realize that you're not actually multitasking. You're just task switching. So unless you have something that you've done a thousand times and you can do without conscious thought, you are actually being less productive. So many studies have shown this. The amount of time it takes to focus and then switch focus to something else, like sets you back, I don't know the numbers, but sets you back a lot in your productivity. So here's my first lesson of the day. My first lesson is simple. If you're going to try to do more than one thing at the same time, make sure that the other thing is unconscious competence. It's automatic and it doesn't take any conscious thought. And then you could do both at the same time. If not, choose that one task and at least have a focused amount of time you spend on that. So it's 11 to 13 minutes to refocus yourself after a distraction and to get back to what you were doing to, to your point about, about doing two things at once. Um, the car thing's really interesting, the driving thing, um, because the, man, I need to go back and take a look at this, but the study I remember seeing was that there is a distinction between, even with Bluetooth, talking on the phone, and talking to somebody next to you in the car, that the Bluetooth action was still more distracting than if you had someone in the car next to you because of a variety of factors, and I can't remember the exact thing. Um, all this is to say that uh, I have taken on this habit of like, there's a setting on my, on my phone where I won't, uh, I won't get any texts, um, I won't get any calls while I'm driving, and I take advantage of that now because I just 
don't want to be distracted even for that moment when the phone rings or I hear the text message goes go off because it takes me out of the the focus that I have on my driving and puts me into that space of like I wonder who it is as as compared to somebody being next to me and I know who it is and and there's an ease in that conversation um, if I'm having one. I, I think the, the the switching conversations are really good one and and the thing that I talk about that really seems to to get results and other people have suggested this too is just blocking time. If you're going to multitask, best to group together activities that are alike so that you can process those without having to make huge changes in the way that your mind is thinking. So I'll group administrative tasks together. If I know I have a bunch of emails to return, I'll do this all at once. If I have phone calls to return, I'll stack those one after another. If I have some creative writing to do, that gets a block of time by itself. I won't try to do a little bit of creative writing and then write an email and then answer a text and then go back to the writing. It just doesn't work. So I would encourage people to just create a list at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the, the day or the end of the day for the day coming up. Look at where the logical groupings are. Create blocks in your schedule for that next day or for the week. Transfer the stuff from your task list into the appropriate blocks and see if after uh, a 30-day trial, you don't feel like you are actually accomplishing more in less time and that your mind is more rested because I think our brain is about one fiftieth of our body weight and takes up about one fifth of the calories required for our body to function. So it chews energy and you want to make sure that you're dedicating the energy of your mind to something that's valuable and not to switching back and forth between things that are unrelated that are going to just burn up more energy. So one of the areas of multitasking that I definitely utilize is walking. So I walk every single day, at least 30 minutes, um, 90 plus percent of the time it's outside. And then the days where it's really bad weather, I'll be on a treadmill. But in either case, when I'm outside, I will always have headphones. And I've heard a lot of studies on this. So I'm utilizing multitasking in the sense that I almost always walk the exact same route. And if I switch it up, it's almost like reversing the same route, things like that. So I, the unconscious competence part is it doesn't take me any conscious thought to walk. It doesn't take me any conscious thought to know the route I'm going on, right? I'm just paying attention to if there's other people saying hi or cars and things like that. Um, and then I'm utilizing usually an audio book or a podcast or something like it that I'm listening to. Um, and I know that works really well for me. I'm accomplishing two things at the same time, right? Getting some exercise and also feeding my mind with something that's hopefully helping me. Um, but then the question is, would I get more if I left the headphones at home and just took in the outside, whatever it is, right? The nature, listening to birds chirping, right? Um, just focus on just feeling the sunlight, right? Things like that. Um, and it, it's an interesting question of which is better. And I know it's subjective, but I'm sure they've done tons of studies for both sides. They say, no, it's, um, that somebody once called it net time, which means no extra time. It's getting two things done at the same time. A lot of people say, you know, it's like having a university in your car. You can listen to 
Same example, podcasts or audiobooks. You can you can get an education as you drive your commute to wherever you're going, whatever you're doing. So it's like you're getting two things done at once. Is that better? Is it better to multitask and get two things accomplished at once? Or is it better to just choose that one thing and really like be 100% present in that moment, soak it all in? And I think it's a really impossible, even though they can do studies, it's an impossible thing to quantify because it matters what you care about is the end result. But that's a question I think everyone should ask themselves is whatever you're doing, even if you found that perfect combination of unconscious and conscious, you can do at the same time, uh, maybe test it out. Maybe try like a period of time we're doing it, like go on your walk with no headphones and just take in nature another time, you know, listen to something that's educational and, uh, and then just write down and observe like what was a better experience for you? Is it better to multitask or better to stay focused in that moment and be present? Thanks for asking. It's better to stay focused in that moment and be present. I'll give you the answer. You can still do the experiment that Dan suggested. It's really a good one. But my God, people, <laughs> I I am such a proponent of, of in the moment. I, I do an early morning walk every day, too. We live in Phoenix, so it's a necessity in the summer before yeah, this the street becomes like the surface of the sun. And I love hearing the earth come to life. That for me is just worth more than anything else. And all kidding aside, if you, you know, you get something out of uh, uh, listening to an audio book at that time and you wouldn't have any other time otherwise, you know, go for it. But for me, just to get in touch with something that I can never hear except in that location, I can never hear the birds start to chirp. I can never hear um the even the sound of cars on faraway streets as traffic starts to build because it's it's usually about quarter till five or five a.m um uh, we have a little bit of construction going on nearby to see the construction workers start to come in to see daybreak happen and to be fully present to that man that to me there is nothing like that and even at the gym i know like 95 percent of the people there work out with a headset i cannot do it I want to hear myself breathe. I want to hear noises and sounds around me. I want to be completely present to what's happening. I don't want to block anything out. I want to be fully in tune with my body. And I tried it one time with um, music. It was not motivating. And I know there are people who swear by it. It's motivating. It pumps them up. It just doesn't do that for me. It feels like this ultimate distraction. And it takes me out of my body. And I want to be fully in it at that time. Make sure I'm doing every exercise as carefully as possible, as fully as possible. This is one area that any kind of physical activity, that's where I absolutely have to have a singular activity happening. And I like to immerse myself in it so that, um, so that my experience is whole and complete and nothing takes away from it. So a common question people ask me is like, what do you do for a living? And it's a funny response because I'll oftentimes just adjust my answer to pick the thing of the many things that I do for a living to whatever would relate or be relevant to them. But in reality, I'll just tell you a short list right now. So I'm a licensed realtor. Um, I own rental properties and manage and flip those. Uh, and I'm a coach and I'm a consultant and I'm a sports performance uh 
person, right? I work with teams and athletes and I'm a sales trainer and I train and work with companies also part of consulting. At any rate, um, there was this article that I was sent the other day and it was about people taking advantage of the fact that they're home and that they used to have to commute to an office, right? And still many people will start going back to an office and we'll see what happens. But I think there's going to be, this accelerated the eventual shift, I think, to more remote work. And because of that, and Ken and I have this probably um, very well like in our heads already because we work with many, more than one company, let's say, right? So we have already have the relationships. Like we said, we're just in that alone, we have more than one job. And we're constantly like putting on different hats and be like, okay, now I'm focused on this, this industry or this, you know, I, I'm thinking in this manner. And then when you're working with a different company, it might be a completely different focus and everything is different. So you have to almost like put on your other hat and go over here. So we're multitasking even in just the realm of consulting slash coaching. Um, but anyway, with all that said is what people are doing now is they're just taking on more than one job because if they take out the commute part of the job, they're like, no, I'm pretty efficient. I can get my job done. You know what I mean? And we'll make up a thing instead of an eight hour day, I can get my job done in four hours and just really focus. Right. And then I can take on another job and I can make hopefully let's say twice as much money. And then I can get that in. And I actually like it. At first, I listened to that and I think, oh, are they taking advantage or are they conning or scamming something? But then I read some of the article about it and it said that a lot of managers, even when they found out, were like, we're okay, which is the right approach. They were focused on results versus activity. And I've always said that it's like, why do you care if someone likes to stay up till four in the morning and work and other people like to get up at four in the morning and start their day, right? Like if I'm the manager of that person or I'm consulting on that manager, I would say, did they give the output they were asked to, right? Did they, did they turn in the deliverable? And was it at or exceeding the expectations you have for their job? And if the answer is yes, I wouldn't care what they did on the side, right? They could have 16 jobs. They could have all these side gigs or, or hobbies and things like that. So in the end, I think it's a great idea to ask yourself, maybe in the world of your professional life, could you multitask even on your job could you make maybe extra money utilizing this extra time that's available to you? Maybe because you get to work at home where previously you had to commute. Maybe you start to consider a hobby that you already have and ask yourself, could I make this hobby something that could make me some money, right? So something to consider, multitask your job. So following on that, you know, if, if you're able to achieve greater efficiency, maybe one of the things you want to add in is more time with your family. Maybe something you want to add in is um, a chance to really take on that creative endeavor that you know you love, but you have it. You, you're, you paint or you play the piano or whatever it happens to be. And following what Dan's saying, if you had a, an opportunity to become more efficient in your work life, knowing that you didn't have to stretch it out to fit an eight-hour day. I was thinking about this as, as you were talking that... Um, there, there is this already always listening for work that we have. I get up, I get ready, spend X amount of time commuting. I have to spend eight hours there plus. Then I have to commute home. Then I complain about the amount of time that I spent. And then I have dinner and, you know, drink, got kids, spend a little time with them, put them to sleep, hopefully some time with a spouse or significant other if you have one. Rinse and repeat, right? Well, what if the paradigm just doesn't fit anymore, like at all? And what if we could completely discard that and, and just look at 
all right, this is my job. Here are my responsibilities. I'm accountable to accomplish this. If I accomplish that with excellence, then to Dan's point, if it took four hours or six hours or eight hours or two hours, who cares? It got done. That's your accountability. You're in. And you could use that additional time. Sure. Pick up another job, make more money, but you could also use that time for a little rest. You could use it for creative thought. You could use it for time with your family. So maybe this is a great opportunity with the changes that have been going on to reconsider what paradigm, what frame, what lens you view things through in terms of your work life. And if that can be shifted in such a way so that you're still able to perform your work and you're able to free up additional time for whatever endeavor you want. So I'll finish with this. The ultimate question, to multitask or to focus, that is your question. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com.